I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. ready to talk about alligator yeah Fuck all yeah. right let's do it all right everybody we are officially starting the podcast welcome to the very unreasonable things podcast i am billy bone and with me is josh Lindsay. howdy howdy <laughs> so it's been a minute and we're trying something new today but it's been a minute since we've uh released an episode just Things have happening. We're hoping to get back onto a regular rotation, regular, uh, maybe try to, if you're up for it, Josh, record on Fridays. Um, we might, as long as nothing happens, and we could probably make this a weekly thing if you wanted to, just try to oh. catch up on some episodes. Yeah, this is news to me. I thought about this when I was laying in bed. Tell me As, that, what else you were thinking about uh, when you were laying in bed. Sour cream and cheddar ruffles. I get it. I get it. That's where I'm at in life, too. <laughs> uh, but we are, as we were recording this, we were actually live streaming on Twitch. So something new, something new. We'll see how this goes. And then should be able to take that video and post it to YouTube later on. Now it'll lack the normal bells and whistles of the podcast and by bells and whistles i just mean the intro and ending music uh, maybe i can figure out how to do that i don't know if i'll put that much effort into it but I mean, this is a bare minimum podcast so you gotta expect bare minimum youtube videos right yeah i didn't gotta and i know some guys that uh probably could help me video edit it if I wanted to. So I don't know. Maybe I'll look into it. I don't know. Who knows? Some things are unknowable, and this is one of them. So we are starting our little block of reptile movies or alligator, crocodile movies, and we're starting today with Alligator from 1980. Um, Josh, had you ever seen this one before? I saw it like... Uh, maybe five months ago for the first time, for the first time, I, I think I maybe have seen, had seen, um, bits and pieces of it, you know, throughout my youth. But, uh, about four or five months ago for the first time, I, I decided to watch it. Um, I don't know if it was through shutter or what. It's on shutter. I, I believe it is on shutter. That's how I watched it this time. But, um, I'm going to say it that the second time watching it was even better. No, whatever you feel about this movie, like the second time I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, it had, it's been a while for me. I watched it when I was younger and when we, we you know, were tossing around ideas and we landed on doing alligators and crocodiles, I was like, well, I knew I wanted to do this movie. Um, I remember enjoying it when I was younger. 
And so I thought it'd be fun to revisit. So Alligator is from 1980. Yep. Stars uh, Robert Forrester. And I actually don't have the information. I meant to pull the information up. And I'm slacking here, so let me pull it up right now. <laughs> this is just like preface for the uh, YouTube video, which will yeah, be like well, bare bones. The I was trying to figure out some audio issues before we started, and I'd actually forgot to pull the movie back up. So uh, there it is, Alligator Film, 1980 horror movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. Directed by Louis Teague, a screenplay by John Sales. Like I said, starring Robert Forrester, Robin Riker, Michael V. Gazzo. Let's see. 94 minutes long, had a budget of $1.75 million. It's an estimate. Had a box office of $6.5 million. Hey. Not too bad for 1980. And, now, the... Uh, the movie itself, it, I'm sure like when you were younger, because you probably heard the same thing, you know, like you flush an alligator, baby alligator. And I'd heard this before, like this urban legend, whatever you could flush a baby alligator down the toilet and it'd end up in the sewer. And I think in this movie plays on that, like uh, flushing, you know, the alligator down the toilet, yeah. which is exactly what happens. Uh, the movie starts off and it's, it says here it's 1968. I, I mean, it's 12 years. That's yeah. It. Yeah. 12 I years didn't do math I was watching it. But you got th- this family that's at an alligator live show watching, and this little girl apparently loves reptiles. And this guy is uh, trying to grab this gator, and he trips and falls, and the gator bites his leg. And just right off the bat, the mom's like, yeah, they could do without the fake blood. <laughs> yeah. This dude's obviously getting mauled. And throughout this whole, like, uh, like, just this, like, uh, chaotic experience, there's a guy on the loudspeaker who's just calmly talking about the alligators and, oh, look at Robbie there. He's playing with the alligator. And then, like, he starts talking about, like, the souvenir shop while the guy's getting attacked. And the juxtaposition of just this overhead announcer just being so, oh, and come on by the, you know, the alligator hut. We got (laughs) alligator tails for sale. And the dude's getting mauled. And then finally, the overhead announcer says, well, he'll be back on his feet next week. (laughs) <laughs> what got me was when the when the other guys come to help save them they come and they were fucking sticks <laughs> like they were beating a possum in a burlap sack or something right, get them off get them off hit them do you think and I know this to be true without researching this that there are people like Joe Exotic but with alligator Farms, There's where they be. do this type of shit. There's got to be. It's got to be right. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, dude. And then, yeah, they buy one of these baby gators. Yep. 
and then it cuts and it, well it doesn't it doesn't cut to a time jump but it shows him at the house and the dad just well she's sitting there petting the alligator before she goes to school and then after she leaves the dad's just like all up in arms for what reason never explained but he is so fucking furious at this alligator for just chilling in his fucking little glass enclosure. He's so mad. Yeah. It just, he's going fucking nuts. And he's like, I'm going to flush it down a toilet. <laughs> and you're like, well, what are we going to tell? Um, oh, my God. What's her name? God damn. Marissa. Yeah, it's like, what are we going to tell Marissa? We'll tell her like the goldfish. It died. We found it dead. Like, you fucking asshole. Is it Marissa? It is Marissa. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, later on in the movie, like, you do see, like, her picture on the back of the book she wrote. But. So, we get the scene of the alligator making its journey down the fucking pipes and stuff and into the sewer. And then we get that time jump and we go to 12 years later. And, you know, I just want to give this movie props though for sure. setting it in Missouri. Cause the low hanging fruit state would be Florida, right? Well, that's where they're at when they got the alligator. Yeah. But, all of this movie takes place in Missouri, though. Yeah, I, for some reason, I thought it was New York whenever um, we come back to watching it, and I was way off on that one. Well, it does, like, when, when you do see the, like, the uh, the streets later on when havoc ensues. Yeah. It does have, like, a, well, it has a back lot feel, if you want to know the truth, but it does. It does. Like that an, was one thing. Yeah, when they got to that, it was, like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, this looks very much like a set. Yeah. But it, it does look like a New York backlot set. Yeah. But yeah, props for Missouri. Like, fucking Missouri. I think we just got a... Oh, we got a new follower on Twitter. I was wondering what the sound was. I forgot about my uh, notifications. So we just got a new follower. Or I got a new follower on Twitch, I guess. Yeah. Good for you. I, I think it's, I think it's my celebrate. brother. Yeah. Well, good for him. God bless him. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Um, you know what just stood out to me about the movie, though? Was how much they pointed out Robert Forrester's balds, balding. Like, they had a hard-on for him going bald in this movie. Look, that, you know... Uh, let me let me try to collect my thoughts, because I love Robert Forrester. I love him as an actor. And when I saw this movie five months ago, the whole time I was thinking, what other actor would, what other actor who's starring in a movie at this time, now, even now, 20 years before 1980, would allow them to do that? Yeah. Yeah. None. Fucking none. Because it's not just a one-off. They do this shit like four times. Even when he uh, when he gets the girl and they're laying in bed together, she starts rubbing his fucking hair. Yeah. And yeah. He and makes a comment about it. 
no other actor would have allowed that. The fact that he has zero vanity in it and the fact that he's still, you know, fucking handsome, like it didn't matter. But uh, Jackie Brown, which is, you know, obviously one of my favorite movies, um, he mentioned his he mentions his hair loss in Jackie Brown in 97, 17 years later. I mean, he just had no problems with it. And it's such a beautiful thing to see on screen of your leading man having zero vanity. Yeah. So we get Robert, when we first see him, he's at a pet store and his character's name is Madison, but um, he's playing a cop and which was... I don't know, you know, it. I, I guess just because they were trying to solve what they thought were murders, I guess that's why he was a cop. It just seemed kind of odd to have a, uh, the police force go up against an alligator. But we first see him, he's at the pet shop and he's getting a dog. And then we get the evil pharmaceutical company that turns out that the pet stores, the, uh, they're capturing animals. And they're giving them to this pharmaceutical company who's using like growth hormones on them. Yeah. Uh, let's just go back a little bit. And sure. did you notice the name? Did you recognize the name John Sales, the guy who uh, wrote it? No. He's he did Piranha, which makes sense. I I don't know if you've seen Piranha. If I have, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's it's good. He did the Howling, the Joe Dante movie. Yeah, and Louis Teague, the director, he uh sort of had his hands with uh full with some Stephen King movies, Cujo, Cat's Eye. He did the sequel to Romancing the Stone, Jewel of the Nile, which ain't no Romance in the Stone. And he did probably <laughs> one of your favorite movies from 1990. He did Navy Seals. What? He directed Navy Seals. Yeah. I've seen Navy Seals, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that's like one of your favorites. It's not one of my favorites. You but. strike me as a 1990 prime Charlie Sheen kind of guy, you know? No. But speaking of which, since you brought it up and you're talking about like movies from the 90s and late 80s apparently Emilio Estevez is thinking about making another we won't be young guns it can't be young guns they're too old but making a part three really yeah and I don't think you've seen them yet have you I haven't I haven't seen Nan Nana they are it's like what if the wild west happened in the late 80s early 90s with a bunch no, of I can drives. imagine. Yeah, it's like well, let's take all these good-looking actors and let's make yep. them outlaws. Yep. But you know that Hollywood did that in the early two thousands with American Outlaws, and I think they did another one, uh, Texas Rangers. Yes, yep. James Vanderbeek. Well, those guys ain't got nothing on Milo Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, God, what was it? Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. And was it Dylan McDermott? 
I think. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Dylan McDermott. Yeah. And then in the in the sequel, you get to add in some Christian Slater. Come on. No shit. Yeah, he plays Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. He looks like an Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. That makes sense. <laughs> the only thing I know about Young Guns Two is that I had the cassette tape <laughs> to John Bon Jovi. Oh my god! Young Guns Two soundtrack, which was like Blaze of Glory, or yeah. I mean, that was a hit song. Yep. So yeah. I had that. I had that soundtrack also, and I traded that cassette to my buddy Thomas for Master of Puppets. Look, I know you jumped on my case one time during this podcast for me accidentally spilling spilling the name of Thomas Jice during a a story of I think you're shooting arrows in the air. Well that's different suicide. Uh you trading him Young Guns 2 for Master of Puppets is way more more embarrassing. Oh, yeah. He knows he got fleeced. Oh, my God. We uh, joked about it later on, uh, like, you know, when we got older. But, yeah, that was because you – the only song I remember from that Young Gun soundtrack is Blaze of Glory, like you said. And Master of Puppets was, you know, oh, killer wall no to wall. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hit after hit. So let me ask you this. Sure. Desert Island, what are you taking? Appetite or puppets? Mm, mm, probably appetite for destruction. I was for me, I think even though puppets has fewer tracks. But probably it's a longer album, if I had to guess. Maybe around the same time, honestly. I feel like towards the end of Appetite, it sort of loses some steam. For me. For me. Mm. So you're taking Master of Puppets? I think I would, yeah. But, I mean, Appetite is amazing. I just wish they would have taken maybe one song off. You know... The last time we did a conversation where it was like Desert Island, remember I just went off on like a tangent, and you're like, I don't think you understand how fucking Desert Island works. I don't remember that. What? I can't remember what it was about, but it was. And I think it was like, who do you want to be stranded with or something? I can't remember exactly what it was, but I started making a bunch of different, like my own rules for it. And you're like, you don't understand how this fucking works. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty cut and dry, you know, really. It is funny though, because I remember that episode, it had to have been Green Room. Because that's the only time Desert Island would come into play. Yeah, it may have been Green Room. Yeah. The uh the evil pharmaceutical company that like we talked about, they're pumping these animals or these dogs full of growth hormones. Which gets brought up later on when a dog goes missing, right? And yep. the woman's like, this looks like my dog. It's got the same markings and everything, but this sweater fit my dog. And it's this little bitty-ass sweater. I like how we're doing, like, you know, like, can you identify the body at the morgue? 
with yeah. old ladies in sweaters. Like, yeah, let's just take her fucking word. She has a sweater in her hand. That's <laughs> her fucking dog. Well, I, you know, I feel like the the whole thing with the pharmaceutical company, it's not really followed up on. There's never like an investigation or anything like that. Just just that the people that were involved die at the wedding. Oh, yeah. Look, the beauty of this movie, and I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but not really, is that every asshole gets their comeuppance. Yeah. And I love it. But yeah, the, the pharmaceutical company is just a means to get this alligator fucking 30 feet long. That's the, right. I mean, you know. And for you to hate this pharmaceutical company because they're sacrificing puppies. Yeah, well, not so, cats, because nobody would give a fuck about cats. Well, cats wouldn't have got themselves caught. No, but if they did, and you're a viewer, and you're seeing a, yeah, I know, you know like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and when you see the pet shop owner dumping the bodies, like those bodies look legit. The way they fall? They do, yes. It's like, hmm. Hmm. Man, this is 1980. Yeah. Low budget filmmaking. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Mm, maybe maybe these effects might be too practical. And, yeah. And they because they have like a, a solid thump to them when they hit. <laughs> but thankfully, the alligator takes care of the pet shop owners. That's one asshole down. And 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 it, you know, this movie is beautiful in a lot of ways because it it is what it is, and it wears it on its sleeve. And I'll always appreciate a movie for that because this pet, you know, shop owner who our uh, hero Madison Robert Forster's character buys the puppy from, he's what you would expect, like. If you're not, if you haven't watched this movie, just imagine a sleazy pet store owner yeah. who steals dogs and sells them to pharmaceutical companies. He's fat, he's mm -hmm. bald, Hawaiian shirt, he's missing a cigar, but he's everything else. He's like the caricature of a shithead. Yeah, you know. Well, you know what else this movie does? It like it starts some threads. And then it, they don't never really pay off, which you you almost don't care. But like Madison lost a partner in his previous post, mm -hmm. and you, they make it out like it's going to be like a big deal. And then he just loses another partner, and it's like, yeah, whatever. And you thought maybe there would be like a because they were making a big deal about it early on that it'd be like this you know redemption thing for losing that first partner that he saves the second one. No, when they're when they're down there looking for evidence, and if you know the alligator comes at him, he just gets taken away, and that's it. You know, there's a couple whispers. You know, the people in the forest, you know, whisper, but after that, nothing else about the partner. No, and and I love that. I love that in this screenplay, which I think is is very good, actually. I love that they do give him that history and there is no payoff because that's just character building. Yeah. And you don't need to pay off everything. 
You know, not everything needs to be uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. And I do love that because he's sort of an outcast on the force. Outside of his boss, you know, his interactions with other people on the force, he they do give him grief, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that, though. And, you know, um, I looked it up. Robert Forrester was... Can you guess how old he was when he made this movie? Um, 40. Yes. It's 40 years old and like, you know, single guy. Like he has like a 40-year-old single guy apartment, you know? He's just, I don't know. He He's well written because he's a good guy, you know? Yeah. Because he eventually tells what happened uh, to... Marissa. Uh, his much younger, <laughs> soon-to-be girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a there's a big difference in age because she's like, what? 24? And has already written a book. Don't you feel like a lazy piece of I'm shit? I know. 43, and I think the most I've written was me and Thomas did a comic when we were in the sixth grade. He did 16 pages. I did 16 pages. It was the most disjointed thing. Okay, but what what was it about? It was a superhero comic. Tell me man. more. Superman. I, no, not Superman. It was our own characters. Okay. But we had we had drawn influences from different things. Like Thomas had made some characters called the Minor Ants. Um this is when Street Fighter 2 was out, so we had a kickboxer in there. Um, we also were big Mega Man fans, so we had a evil scientist based on, like, Dr. Wily. Like, it was just all over the place. But we made it, and we stapled. We made one copy, and we stapled the pages together, so it was a 32-page comic. Do you think this exists? No, it's it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. There's no way it survived. So, you, but yeah, you, she's 24. She wrote a book. Yeah. 24 wrote a book and apparently is like the foremost expert on reptiles. What was the name of her book? Do you remember? No, I don't. I think I it was like The Last Dinosaur. And it was talking about alligators. Robert Forster, I know, took the book with him, asked if he could have a copy. Yeah. He was already making moves. Yeah. He's like, hey, baby, can I have this book? Robert Forrester, even balding, is more handsome than 80% (laughs) of the men walking around. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Of course he did. I think, uh, oh, I know what I wouldn't say. So when when the pet shop owner gets killed, we get the... you you can't justify this one. There's no way. You get this knockoff Jaws theme. No, you do get it. And it's, look. it's like it's it's like it's it's so close yet just different enough to where you can Oh yeah, you, can, like, you can pass it with it. Yeah. You can't be sued. Yeah, it, it passes through the legal team. Look. The reality is that this is a 1980 low budget B movie. And if 
if you go in thinking that it's anything more, then you the fool, not the movie. I, I didn't mind the score. I didn't mind that knockoff Jaws theme because everything post Jaws is a knockoff of Jaws. Like uh, any and every movie that was an animal attack movie is a oh, knockoff yeah. of Jaws. Yeah. Well, they just, they're like, not only are we going to take this fucking idea, but we're going to borrow some of your music. Yeah. I mean, look. The, uh, there, there oh, is ahead. a point in this movie, and I shit you not, I don't know if you saw it, and it's beautiful, and I love it, because they just lean into it. I mean, Louis Teague, uh, you know, he's a professional director, and, you know, Hollywood chews and, and spits out fucking directors, and Louis Teague was probably one of those directors who went through the meat grinder and it, you know, Hollywood will keep giving you chances, but if you flop one time, it's it. You're fucking gone, you know? But Louis Teague, you know, this was 1980. This was before Cujo and Cat's Eye and everything else. Louis Teague goes for a star wipe in this movie. <laughs> Are you talking about with the newspapers? Yes. Yeah. And it is beautiful. I mean, I almost stood up on my couch and applauded the star wipe. It, um the <laughs> amazing. Did you notice when Madison and Kelly, that was his new partner's name, they were in the sewer and there's one shot. And you see the alligator, like the them standing side by side, but you see the alligator behind them, like in the shadows. Yes, that was good. Yeah, that was I had a- to, I had to do a double take on that. I was like, wait a minute, let me rewind that. I was Look, like, oh. Speaking of double takes, man, uh, and I'm and I'm gonna veer off of alligator for a minute, and I wish, I wish I was watching it on a. Um, well, I wished I had alligator on 4K, but I was watching this movie this movie that I'm about to mention on uh, just HBO Max. I was watching Seven. I watch it once every year, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I guess everybody knows this. I mean, it's not even like uh, a secret. But once the box arrives... And Mills has his gun pointed at John Doe and Somerset, you know, and that whole famous meme of what's in the box. Yeah. And and John Doe starts, you know, sort of provoking David for half of a second when everything's starting to come to a boil and you know, David Mill, you know, Brad Pitt's character realizes what's going on. There is the briefest picture of Gwyneth Paltrow. And I tried to pause it and get to it. I could I couldn't do it. And I just got frustrated because it just, you know, my Apple TV. Yeah. But it is so faint. But it's like that. It's like, you know, with what Fincher did with Fight Club. 
you know, putting the dick yeah. in, but the dick is probably a little bit quicker than this. This is probably a half a second. And you see Gwyneth Paltrow just looking up. Now, her head's not in the box. It's like a white background. It almost looks angelic, you know. It's, yeah, it's just trippy. Yeah. And then I wish David Fincher would have done a star wipe. A star wipe? A star go. wipe on that. <laughs> There's other types of wipes. No, it's... <laughs> what show was it? Was, was it The Simpsons? Simpsons? It was. Yes. When they were doing yeah. the uh, they were doing the dating video. Dating for profile. Players. Yes. And, yes. and Homer's like, now star wipe. And she's like, there's other wipes, Dad. He's like, I said star wipe. Star wipe. <laughs> oh, fucking... Love it. Um, yeah. So you get that little behind the, you see the alligator behind them. The only thing that I guess bugged me about that was that the alligator ends up like so far away from them when it's right there, when they finally see it. And so they're hauling ass and they get to this manhole cover that they can't fucking lift up. And then he gets drug away. That was intense though. That yeah, was a good scene. You know. And then, and then fucking so Robert Forrester or Madison ends up in the hospital, and then they, you know, I think they have a press conference, and you know he's answering questions, and he's not really giving them anything. It's a lot of no comments, no comments, stuff like that. And this one reporter, who's an asshole, goes to the nurse, and she just gives up his fucking information. Like, where's the privacy? Not back then. And it's, again, like, you know, with this tight script, you're introduced to this one character in the, you know, press conference scene, and he brings up the St. Louis incident, and he follows him into the hospital. And it's just it's just a tight script to where you realize this guy is just trying to bust Madison's balls, and he's... I don't want to say sleazy, but he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. And yeah, she, she just spills the whole, you know, everything, everything. And you can, you can now say this too, man. You can tell this is the eighties because they're in the smoking hospital. In the hospital. Yep. And he just comes right up in Robert Forrester's room and just starts smoking. And it's like, okay. God bless it, man. God bless the 80s. That was... Well, we say it's the 80s. I mean, that was every decade before then. It's not like they... <laughs> smoking in the hospitals came back in 1978. <laughs> you know, it was universally just smoke. But... Yeah, so he decides to go down to the sewer... Uh, and he's fucking framing his shots. Like you see him when he gets up at that uh, that go grocery cart, and mm-hmm. he moves like the little plate and repositions it. It is so funny though, because what it reminded me now is how newspapers have sort of done away with photojournalism, and they're asking their reporters to take their pictures because he's a investigative reporter yeah taking his own pictures like it's 
2022, you know. It is funny. Yeah, so he gets eaten, and then we get – and I've got it in my notes. It's written down because Robert Forrester's got a map, right? And he's fucking trying to, I guess, track movements and shit. And it's almost like a battle of wits between Madison and the alligator. You're goddamn right. Like he's he's going yeah. against a mastermind, a criminal yes. mastermind. This fucking alligator outsmarted in two two SWAT teams. What I what I do like though, and this kind of just goes back to when me and Daniel did a uh, they or not they. I mean them. Them. Yeah, they is a different no, no. Thing. It reminded me of them, and yeah, and the fact that there's this brief moment. Where it's like, oh, you're full of shit. And then they're like, nope, you're legit. And everybody, there's none of this, oh, we don't believe you. We don't believe you that you see in a lot of movies. Because it even had that like in Jaws, right? The, with, the, with the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. But here they're like, no, we see this big ass fucking footprint. Let's get these fucking rocket launchers that we've been storing in the police house. Like everybody's all on board. And so there's. And I always I like it when movies do that because so many movies will do that thing where it's they're casting doubt on the main character. You know, nobody believes them. So I like it when everybody's just like, "Oh shit, we've got a mutant fucking alligator in our sewers." Well, nobody knows it's mutant quite yet. Like they like nobody's believing Robert Forrester, Madison's character, when he's telling them the size of this alligator. Because, you know, when when he goes and speaks to Marissa, she's like, no, alligators can't get that big. And and then finally, like, when the alligator does eat the reporter, they do, again, it's a B-movie, they did steal from Jaws 2, which opened up with scuba divers. And then the shark kills them while they're taking pictures. Then they get the pictures back and they're like, oh shit, it's a shark again. But yeah, until they get the pictures back, they're like, oh, it is a shark, which is a good scene in Alligator because Madison's boss doesn't believe him entirely. You know? I like how... uh when they're trying to once again go back to it i'm not i don't know a lot about you know police or anything like that but i didn't think that rocket launchers were standard issue i can't imagine what are we talking about when they're like they're going into the sewer when they're trying to flush it out i think the first time Mm -hmm. like was it then you, you don't remember the rocket launchers they didn't never use them, but they had them. No, I guess no. I I, I didn't I didn't track the because then you get the uh, you get them trying. They they're thinking that the alligator at one point's in the lake and they're dropping fucking grenades in the lake or the pond or whatever. Oh yeah, they are doing that. Yeah, so they've got some fucking equipment that is to me. It seems like it's a little more than what a normal police force would have. Well, yeah, I, I guess mean, you know. I don't know. I'm sure Carthage Police has some minds 
You know, ride some claymores. <laughs> yeah. Just, fucking semi-automatic weapons, brother. And then... <laughs> oh, man. Why did... I can't remember. Um, and I just watched this yesterday, but why did they take Madison off the case? Hang on. Uh... He got fired for. Uh, well, he gets fired, but this is before he gets fired. They pull him off the case and they bring in the other guy that's done like some uh, big game hunting. Yeah, somebody else ended up in the sewer. Was it after the reporter? Yeah, so it just says here that after the police unsuccessfully. Attempt to flush out the alligator, Madison is put on suspension. Madison's reputation as a partner killer is confirmed when the alligator devours a young officer named Kelly, who accompanies Madison into the sewer searching for clues. No one believes Madison's story due to a lack of a body and partly because of Slade, the influential local tycoon who sponsored. That's right. Yeah, he he had uh, said something to the mayor. Uh, this changes when obnoxious tabloid reporter Thomas Kemp, one of the banes of Ma- I love this description in Wikipedia, one of the banes of Madison's existence, <laughs> goes snooping in the sewers and procures graphic and indisputable photographic evidence of the beast at the involuntary cost of his life. That was well written. Whoever wrote that. The pains of his existence. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> After the police unsuccessfully attempt to flush the alligator, Madison is put on suspension. The alligator the alligator escapes from the sewers and comes to the surface, first killing a police officer and a later young boy during a party. So, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, and we'll get to that one about the young boy because I was going to yeah. talk about that too. But he... Uh, when, there's that one scene though, like where when he comes out of the fucking sewer and, and the camera does this weird shake. You remember? Yeah. And he busts up from the storm drain. Yeah, this is where we're talking about to where it looks like a uh, a set. Yeah, and like everything else in this movie's looked so good except for this. This one just looked so bad. Yeah, it didn't look good and. But at this point, for me, the movie has built up so much goodwill. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, but it's uh, so. And uh, you got, like I said, we're having this battle of wits between Madison and I guess the other bane of his existence is fucking alligator Ramon. <laughs> its name, it does have a name. And Ramon um, is outsmarting Madison at every turn so far. This and the cave, police force. Yeah, not this just, game of not- cat and mouse. Not just Madison. He's he outsmarts Colonel Brock. Yeah, and I think I'm assuming that Madison gets he uh he gets taken off the case because of the mayor, because of you know the influence of the pharmaceutical company that they're leaning on him. Which I don't mm-hmm. know why, because it wasn't like Madison was out there being like, "Oh my God, this is because of you guys." He's like, no, I'm just trying to stop this fucking you know thirty foot alligator that's busting up yeah. from storm drains. But it's one of those classic. He's he's asking too many questions now, you know. Yeah, that that classic plot line that 
never gets old, you know. Um, and man, this pharmaceutical CEO, um, I didn't write down the actor's name, but like this whole movie is nothing but cliches. Um, in a good way, because this pharmaceutical CEO is probably what I picture 80% pharmaceutical CEOs look like. Just old, mm. big ears, just evil, you know, just like on death's door. And his number one, I guess, scientist is marrying his daughter. Yeah, I love it. It's Yeah. It's like perfect. And, and not only is the CEO diabolical, but so is the, the scientist. <laughs> like he almost needs like a snidely whiplash mustache. So we can sit there and twirl it. Yeah. And you could tell from this guy's like, uh, his face when we first meet him. Um, Oh, he has the face of a villain. Dude. He does. He does. He just, Smarky? Is that a word? It can be. It's perfectly cromulent. Yeah. It 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 embiggens any and every man yeah. to be smarky. Yeah. But so so Madison pushes uh the mayor's buttons, so to speak. So he takes them off the the case, and then we're introduced to Colonel Colonel Brock, played by Henry Silva, who I want a spinoff movie of, which looks like a villain. He he looks like a Bond, a knockoff Bond villain. Yeah, and I like how this dude dresses in clothes that looks like he's out on the savannah hunting, you know, lions and shit, like in the middle of the fucking city, and this dude. Like, oh man. And he's so got, horny. He's so horny. Did you? Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. Cause he, oh, he's fucking every just, woman, man. Everybody. He, men, women, kids, there's pickup lines. Did you everywhere. see the size of the scope on the gun he had, though? <laughs> no, I didn't. Dude, it was so big. It looked like a fucking sniper rifle. <laughs> And he had something you don't see a lot. He had a pump-action rifle. Did he? Yeah. Look at you. Guns and ammo over here. But this dude, yeah, it's like you're in the city, man. You're not going to be that far away from this alligator when you find him. Why do you got this big-ass scope? And I, and I know it's probably just for visual effect to be like, hey, look, you know, but there's still there's that you you just start thinking about things practically and you're just like hmm. Well, he he. Again, it's like he's the quint of the movie. He knows alligators, you know, and of course he will eventually be eaten whole by an alligator. Best death in the movie. It reminds yeah. me so yeah. much of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three when you know you get to like the giant when Freddy Trisha Arquette. Yeah. yeah, this alligator is just fucking swallowing him whole, and you just like see his like body out the end of his mouth and his little arms flailing, or whatever. 
Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And like, there's a nice scene between. <laughs> it's just, it's it's kind of out of the blue, and it's only there, you know. I actually don't know why this scene, like, why you keep it in, but he's talking to like an NBC reporter, and he's telling her how alligators sound. Yeah, how they mate, and he's hitting on her. But it's so just, it's just a an hilarious scene of him hitting on this reporter, and she's into it. She's totally into it. Oh, this dude's—he's still a creep. She she may be into it, but he's a fucking creep. But uh, hold on, let me. So he dies. He he goes one on one with the alligator. And like we said, he gets swallowed whole. He gets eaten, and all the while, even though he's been taken off the case, he's been fired. He oh oh no 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 no! I there was one thing I wanted to talk about though. So when when Madison hooks up with um when he hooks up with Marissa like you know he's like oh I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this now because I'm gonna be wondering all night if you're gonna come back to my apartment spend the night with me and you know he just bumbles his way through this hookup he's obviously not the ladies man that Colonel whatever his name was Brock Brock such a okay he's not the ladies man that colonel brock is he's not doing alligator mating calls he's stumbling his way into this but they sleep together and he immediately gets pissy about something the next day no that night was it that night yeah i thought they were sleeping Um, what happened uh a cop comes into the uh restaurant that they're in two cops come in and he asks them how's how's the alligator hunting going and yeah. they mentioned that somebody died and she tries to console him that's right yeah yeah and then you know yeah he because you have to have the scene of that romance falling apart you got to and then you got to have the scene of the reconciliation which in this movie the reconciliation is a five minute scene of him and Marissa's mother yeah it has and her mother's just so a character you know except you for you forgot one thing when he apologized to her, you know, he's telling her like all the reasons he's sorry. And one of them is she's got great tits. Does he? Yeah. He says that he's, he's like all these things like, Oh, you know, you were right. I was wrong. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you have great tits. And I'm like, okay. So that's how these apologies go. No. Uh, I didn't catch that, actually. I'm surprised it didn't. Oh, my God. Here's some more. 
quality writing on this uh, Wikipedia entry. The ensuing hunt continues, including the hiring of pompous big game hunter Colonel Brock to track the animal. Once again, the effort fails. Brock is devoured. The police trip over each other confusedly, and the alligator goes on a rampage through a high society wedding party hosted at Slade's mansion. So I just like how it's like the police trip over each other confusedly. But we uh we we get the uh alligator attacking this this party, this wedding reception or whatever. And th- these kids are um was it oh I'm trying to remember. Was it walking the plank or was that something else I watched? No, it 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 seems like they were bullying this one kid at a night time birthday party, which is odd. <clears throat> it seems like they were bullying him. That's how I t- that's how I read it because they're sort of forcing him to do. Oh, it. No, no, it's yeah, a there's a theme party. There's a different party. That's right. Because I'm not talking about. Yeah, I got ahead of myself. We're not talking about the wedding reception yet. Or wherever it is, yeah, they're having that party, and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna walk the plank. You're gonna, you know, we're gonna make you walk the plank." And they got him by the edge because the, the alligator had been chilling in this pool, uh, resting, relaxing, just doing whatever. And when they see the fucking alligator, the kid still gets pushed in. And I didn't think they'd go there, but yeah, this kid gets eaten. Fucking goes there, and it's like the pool fills up with blood. Yeah, and. I'm not quite sure in the timeline where it's at, but like obviously it's after the alley. I do know when the timeline because I want to point out two things: when the alligator bursts through the sewer, because the kids are out there playing like stickball or something. They're out playing in the street. One of the kids has this classic "I'm a Pepper" Dr Pepper T-shirt. Oh, that is exactly from this era, like 1980s. And one of the kids has a Freddy Krueger sweater. Did you see that? Uh-uh. It was a straight up Freddy Krueger sweater. So the, the, the alligator burst into the sewers in a very comical way. And so all the kids start running. Uh, well, they start running behind a car. And then, like, this cop car comes speeding up, crashes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The the cop's caught, you know, and he has to very slowly get out of his the window of his driver's seat. And, of course, he gets eaten. But then, like, the little kid who you're following out of all these group of kids... You know, you, you focus on one. He runs up to his mom and and is telling her mom there's an alligator downstairs. Now, okay, I get you live in like Missouri. Uh, shut the fuck up, kid. Uh, you're a liar. But she's like drinking a beer and on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Reggie, you fucking asshole. Shut the fuck up. And then he takes a knife and yeah. she's like, what the fuck are you doing, Reggie? And then she like tells the person on the phone, like, my fucking kid is. <laughs> he's just... And yeah, the kid he runs was... down. I don't know what he's going to do with a knife. But... Uh, yeah, exactly. But he's a little smart ass, though. Because uh, yeah. he's when he's talking to Madison and Marissa 
and she's like, well, how big is it? And he's like, have you seen an El Dorado? And he's like, and Madison goes, the car? He goes like, no, the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 20 bucks that says that kid becomes like a criminal when he's old. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he was already giving him grief when uh, the cops were coming by and they were playing because he was like throwing his arms up at him like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> he should have been walking the plank. But yeah. yeah. No shit. So yeah, the, the kid walked the plank and... Uh, not many movies go there. You know, I remember watching it for the first time being like, oh, the kid's going to lift up the blindfold right before he's in the water. Yeah. And barely get away. But this movie's like, nah. Now this kid's getting eaten. Yeah. This kid in this pool fills up with blood. Yep. And then the, the wedding party attack happens during the daytime that's like the next day but remember when madison got fired the first thing he did was he went to the fucking evidence lockers and he stole a timer and then he stole some dynamite the first time he got fired did he get fired twice no no i'm so i meant to say like as soon as he got fired the first thing he did was he went to the evidence locker mm-hmm. and he stole this timer and he stole this dynamite like this guy's already got a plan in his head that, you know, maybe he could have shared with the rest of the guys. But they were all laughing. You know, he walked in earlier in the film, and they'd, like, hung an alligator on his locker. Oh, yeah. And they were, like, you know, reading out loud in the locker room about the uh, camps article that he wrote which mentioned the St. Louis incident so they they've sort of set it up why Madison wouldn't share it with them because he is kind of the outcast yeah because that had happened I think in the movie they mentioned that St. Louis incident happening in 75 yeah five years ago yeah when Marissa was 19 that's of age, Bone. I don't see the problem here. That's <laughs> <laughs> legal. What are you talking about? Uh, um, yeah. So, did, Mar- did the actress look 24 to you? It's hard to say. Because 1980-24 is different than 2023. I feel like I'm so know. bad at like telling people's ages. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because, yeah, you know, who knows? Because, you know, it was the 80s, man. You know, she might have she done a lot of coke or something. Who knows? Yeah. Fucking partying every night, having wild, you know, Parties with your fellow reptilian, you know, scientist. I don't even know what they're called. How do you, how do you think she stayed up all night to write her book? Really, you know, and just wired. Yeah, 
so we do finally get to the attack at the wedding party. And this is where like the last, there's still a couple assholes that got to die. So how do we get rid of them? We get rid of them at this wedding party. And they don't linger on the head scientist uh-uh. at the, you know, you just see him in his mouth for like two seconds, right? Yeah, I had to go back and actually rewind it to make sure he actually died. And then, you yeah. know, dickhead move, though, the head of the pharmaceutical company locks the mayor out of the uh, limo. It's like he could have opened that door. I mean, not that it would have mattered because ultimately – the alligator, which is just slapping the shit out of people with his tail. Like, well, people are going flying. There is a a funny ass scene right before like shit hits the fan at the wedding. Because you see, for some goddamn reason, the head of the pharmacy, the pharmaceutical company, uh, Slade, manning the grill. Burning steaks. Burning steaks. I don't know why he's he felt the need. He has literally like maids and butlers everywhere. He's gonna work the grill. And he's talking to this woman. A younger woman. He's yeah, he's ninety three, so everybody is younger than him. Yeah. And the mayor is sitting right beside him. And the mayor keeps like sort of cutting in on his conversation to this younger woman and you see the you see that uh, the president of the pharmaceutical company continually gets so frustrated with him because the mayor is like trying to be a part of the conversation that he's not involved in mm-hmm. and it's such a funny scene like isn't isn't he telling her how to cook steaks at that point wasn't that what he was describing to her how to like perfectly cook these steaks on the grill, which obviously you don't know how to do because <laughs> these things look extra well done. Like it hurt my soul to see that. Well, you know, there's somebody famous who likes well done steaks and eats it with ketchup. Who's that? You didn't know? You don't I guess know? Not. I guess not. Donald Trump. Oh, well, well done with ketchup. That's oh, that's horrible. Ah, you just you shouldn't even be allowed to eat steak if that's how you're going to eat it. Well, I agree. I agree. Ketchup should be nowhere near a steak. No, even if I have fries on the plate, I'm not putting ketchup. And the words "well done" have no business near steak either. No. But I, I can, that. I mean, I can see people, you know, I can see the well done part, you know, I, 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 I get that, but the ketchup is, I can see the well done before the ketchup. Yes. Yeah. The ketchup's a, that's a, that no, no, that's a, that's a party foul. Yeah. Now I'm sure there's going to be, where do you stand on this? Let me ask you this. Cause I've had this conversation before with people and hell, we may have had this conversation. Hot dogs. Hell no, no right. ketchup. Okay, so me and Get you are the fuck out of here. Me and you are on the same page then, because I, you know, ketchup has no place near a hot dog. Look, I live in Sweden, uh, and hot dogs, 
you know, we think of hot dogs, you know, you'll even say it like hot dogs in American pie or, or, you know, like baseball, like American. No, this motherfucker loves hot dogs, but they don't love good hot dogs, really. Um, but like every sort of at the subway, they have this place called Presbyterian, which, you know, it's like a Seven Eleven, but it's yeah. connected to a subway. And everyone sells like these hot dogs that they have on the rotating thing, like mm-hmm. that you would have at Seven Eleven, and and you can get some pretty good hot dogs there. They also have the cheap, cheaper hot dogs. And every time I get one, they're like, "You want ketchup? Like the, you should lead with mustard first, yeah. and foremost. You need to lead with mustard." Because I'm like, "No ketchup." And they'll start grabbing that bottle. I'm like, "No, no, no." I'm like, "Give me the mustard." <laughs> Give me the strong mustard if you got it. Yeah. You know, um, but people here in, in, in Sweden eat ketchup strictly on their hot dogs, and it's Ugh. disgusting. So, yeah, I've, I've had this conversation before, and I've had people, like, try to tell me why it's okay to have ketchup on a hot dog, and I'm just like, I, I'm not hearing this. It's uh, it's horrible. I don't even even the National like Hot Dog Association or whatever it's called has said that ketchup has no business on a hot dog. They said that the, <laughs> the and I actually give you a reason. They're like the sweetness of ketchup takes away from the flavor of the hot dog. Yeah, and it had like a it had like a list of acceptable condiments. I would tell you, for me, and I'm not saying all of them at once. I'm just saying the ones that are acceptable to me. Mustard, sauerkraut, uh, onions, chili cheese, um, sweet relish. And I think that might be. That might be it. Like, but no ketchup. No. As I've gotten older, like, you know. I will have ketchup on my hamburger, but if it's not on my hamburger, I'm not missing it. Like yeah. I, ketchup is on fries. It's like there's better things to dip your fries in now. You know, like I just I use ketchup on my tater tots. Yeah, unless I, unless I got cheese on them. Like if I'm getting it from Sonic and he got cheese, cheese and ketchup do not mix. I do not like it. You know, I can't remember if I've told this story or not on the podcast. Um, it, it's a ketchup horror story. When I was in school and it was in North Carolina, so I was either in third or fourth grade. Um, you know how they used to get cakes at lunch, like the, those little square pieces with like no icing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those days where we had cake as a dessert and we had something. Um, it, hell, it may have been hamburger and fries that day also. But somehow ketchup had gotten on like the corner of my cake and I didn't notice it. And I picked it up and I took a bite. Like, oh man. It was so horrible. It hot at me for years. Dude. Years. I remember the first time I tried ketchup chips. I I hated myself and I wanted to die. Well, you said the first <laughs> time you tried them, so I feel like you've tried them again. First and only, I should say. Okay. First and only. Like, that's, 
Why is there ketchup chips? That sounds horrible. It it's it's crazy that this condiment has gotten to that level to where we're like, let's flavor chips. Yeah. With this condiment. Like God no. Oh dude, this this since we're on this food tangent, you remember when Lays were doing the different flavors of chips and they do like the contest like somebody would suggest a flavor or whatever and they'd make them and then you'd like vote on them i do what i I would really would love to know that year though what year was that uh had to be like 2009 2000 no not 2009 well maybe maybe 2009 2010 Okay. 2013, something like that. Because didn't they do chicken and waffles? They did. And they also did cappuccino. <sighs> and oh my God, you talk about the worst fucking chip. That was it. Like, I don't know who decided that we needed a cappuccino flavored chip, but it was awful. It's like me and a couple of colleagues. We tried to bag because we're we're we were curious. We're like, of course, you know, of course. it's like a car wreck. You know, you want to see what happened, and then you kind of hate yourself afterwards if it's bad. And then that's how we felt about these chips. Ugh, ugh. There's, I, you know, living in Sweden now. Like I've I've missed. So many types of chips that I love. Um, but there's one that's sort of southeastern specific. And maybe it's maybe it's even smaller than the southeastern. Maybe it's like Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama. I think it was Tom's that had like a honey mustard chip. I don't guess I ever had that one. Oh, it is so good. It is so good. Oh, but yeah, honey Dude, mustard chips, man. Yeah, I don't know if you ever tried them. Um, and then we'll get back to the movie after this one. But wrap snacks is that a brand? Yeah, it's legit, dude. So they have um, they have these chips that are uh, it'll have like a wrapper or whatever an artist, and then it'll have like these flavors. Like Snoop has one. It's like um, cheddar barbecue. <laughs> and they have these different fucking flavors, man. And they're so good. All of them are good. I haven't Across had a bad, the board. I haven't had a bad one yet. Rap snacks. Rap snacks, dude. I love R.A.P. Them. Yeah. Like the, uh, they have a little Boosie has one. And I don't even know who little Boosie is. I've heard the name, but I, I haven't listened to any of his music. But he has like the Louisiana heat flavor where it's like a, a hot sauce type flavor chip. That shit's good. The fucking, um, God, I can't remember all the flavors. There's like uh, the Notorious B.I.G. jalapeno and honey. Fucking good. Like these chips are so good, dude. If you, when you're back, when y'all come to visit and you're back in Mississippi, you can find them at gas stations. Like that gas station that, was by the apartment where I used to live at by Ashford. Yeah. They have them. 
Okay, I was going to ask, is this is Texas or... No. No, they're so, in Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. Dude, can you send me some? That cost me like $100 to send you a bag of chips that costs like three no, bucks. It's based on weight. Yeah. So. That, but yeah, they're good. Man. That. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to Google this and see what all flavors they have. Cause that cheddar barbecue, oh, it's good. Oh, dude! So, uh, one of the guys that um that worked for me at my previous location when we first brought him into where that location, he saw him on the shelf. He'd never seen him before, and he thought that somebody in the store was making this at home or whatever and then putting them on the shelf. He's like, who's putting these uh, homemade chips on the shelf trying to make some money? And we're like, these are real, dude. These are legit. He's like, there's no way that's legit. We're like, yeah, they are. Like, try them. Wow. Are they big bags or like... You can... uh, No, they're like... Little... uh, Be like... uh, Single serving bags or... I mean, not single serving because single serving, I think, is technically smaller... No, I think I know what you mean. Like the dollar Doritos. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely try them though. They're fucking amazing. God. Yeah, the chip game here in Sweden is... If Ramon had some wrap snacks, he wouldn't have had to eat all these people at this wedding reception. Ramon. Oh, my God. I, I, I I keep forgetting... Or alligator has a name. You know, it's the one thing missing from this movie is the realization that this is the same alligator that got flushed down the toilet. At least for Marissa. She's just like, oh, I had an alligator once. They don't make great pets. My dad, uh, and he's like, what happened to it? He's like, oh, it died one day while I was at school. I love that. I love that it's, it's not even mentioned it is crazy how she yep. became like a, a paleontologist or whatever. I lo- because if you would have made this movie now, she would have been like, oh, I have a connection with it. Oh, yeah. You know, like if you make this movie now, and it, 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 it fucking sucks shit. And <laughs> she's trying to like, Ramon is, he's good. There's still some good left in them. Yeah, there's still some good. I love that. Yeah, like the audience knows, hopefully the audience who watches this gets it that this is the same alligator. Um, But I love how there's no, yeah, like she doesn't realize that. Because why would she? Why would she? Yeah. So, that, like I said earlier, the alligator is, is slapping the shit out of people with his tail. And I mean, like, he is hitting some home runs. People oh, are he's going like, flying left and right. He's like Walter and Seamus and Drew McIntyre triple threat slapping the fuck out of people. Yeah. Just just <laughs> to, to bring point, it to a current event. That's to just the point. The fucking CEO of the pharmaceutical company thinks that he's going to get, he thinks he's safe in his limo and his alligator for no fucking reason just destroys it with his tail and smashes this car flat, dude. And you just see like the blood trickling out. And it, and it is so, it's so beautiful because you see like you, 
you barely see the limo driver. But the limo driver is not driving away immediately once his boss is in the car. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> he only tries to drive away after the mayor died. That doesn't work because why would it? <laughs> like, <laughs> but people are getting ate left and right at this wedding party. Yeah, this they are. alligator just so happened to come upon. You know what? You know what we forgot? I just looked at it in my notes. Was when, uh, Colonel Brock bribed the kids at the store with the beer. (laughs) It is so funny. He just walks outside, hands him like a six pack and these three kids are drinking. He's like, yeah, he's like, "Um, I need some more help. I give you $10 a person. And the one guy's like, I get 20. And then he tries to get them to go down the alleyway. Yeah. And they're like, I'm not going. And then what does he say? He says something like to test their manhood. And finally the one guy's you know, is like, ah, oh, it must be in must be the environment or something. And one guy's like, What the fuck you say? He's like, All right, I'll go. And <laughs> he goes down there. And but before then, Colonel Brock comes across a piece of alligator shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, the uh, the way that people were dying at the wedding party, though, like some of those deaths were, were they were hilarious. Like their death screams. Yeah, it's like you could tell we just got into like some people that aren't really actors. Like ah, it's it's so funny because you you also see like some people like trying to get away by going into the pool. Yeah. He's like, no, that's the worst place to be. Right. <laughs> Dude, so when uh, the alligator leaves and we're barreling towards our final confrontation, you know, Madison has his plan. He's going to go into the sewer and he's like, they've, they found the lair and they know that the alligator is going to return to the lair after I guess it gets its fill of party goers at the wedding and so his plan is to go in there with this timer and his dynamite that he stole and blow the alligator up and he's gonna come up through a different manhole cover and he's like you know have have the police chief meet me there or whatever and there's like no drama to the confrontation between him and the alligator really the drama ends up being when some woman parks on the fucking manhole cover right as he's opening it you know what movie stole this? What's that? I just watched it when I was back in Mississippi for uh, in Christmas. Not this past Christmas, Christmas before. I'd never seen it. I watched it for the first time. And look, I, this is a movie that we'll eventually end up covering because we should. And it is good. But Chud rips that scene off completely. Wait a minute, what movie? Chud, oh, Chud? Oh. at the very end, like they can't get out of the because that whole movie takes place in the sewer system, and at the end, like John Heard, and yeah, couldn't couldn't get out of the sewer because somebody was parked on the manhole cover. 
Crazy, yeah. I like uh, I like how this time though he has no problem up until the car you know parking on it though, but he's lifting his heavy ass manhole cover up. He couldn't do it earlier in the movie to save Kelly, but he's getting it now. By God, yeah, that was odd that they didn't cut to something that was obscure in it. But I guess it had to cut to him being in the hospital, not knowing what happened. Yeah. Yep, so blows the alligator up with dynamite. It's dead. And we get this little stinger kind of at the end where there's another baby alligator in the sewer to set up for the inevitable sequel. Yeah, which we won't cover, probably. Um, But in 1980, to like, I don't know, because the end shot is... You know, Madison and Marissa, they look over at the man cover and then like the city worker comes and he pulls the man cover up and then that would have been a perfect scene ender. Yeah. But then you see the alligator drop by and I just, you know, for 1980, man, like pulling the man cover over and then it going to black and just, that would have been a, a fantastic way of ending it. And but they do leave you with the possibility of a sequel. I, I don't know. You know, for a B movie, this, this is good. Yep. Well, what did you think about it then? I mean, we obviously we know that you liked it, but where mm-hmm. do you fall out on your uh, star ratings? Well, in my notes and on Letterboxd, which I have zero followers. I don't even know why I posted. You got more. You got me following you. No. Yeah, I've got two followers. I got you and Daniel, <laughs> who are not even active on Letterbox. But I like to. I, I try to post shit all the time. I'm about you know? to update mine right now with this movie. I try to wait until the day that we release the podcast to update mine. Yeah, but if you don't have any followers, what does it matter? <laughs> Well, I've got you and Daniel, and I don't want y'all to know what I'm thinking until I get there. But yeah, I, I, in, you know, my letterbox review is my review of this movie, and it's B movie, more like B plus movie. <laughs> B plus. It's three and a half stars, man. Like I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot, really. And it honestly, I probably, depending on my mood, it could probably go up to like four stars because I think that it is a very tight script. And I think John Sales, you know, Piranha's really good. And I haven't seen The Howling in forever. And I've never seen Eight Men Out. And I've seen a lot of baseball movies. But John Sales wrote, uh, a really good script and Lewis Teague, man, like, you know, there's certain things that, you know, with a $1.2 million budget, you're, you're limited, but I think he got everything right in this movie, you know? So yeah, it's three and a half stars and on a good day, it's probably four. I really enjoyed alligator. I gave it three stars. I enjoyed it too. Uh, it's a fun movie. I'm um, glad we rewatched it. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. And 
you know, it it gives you what you want in a in a animal creature feature flick. You get good effects. Uh, some of the dying, like I said, was over the top, but the alligator effects look good. Yeah, but the but the dying in the over the top, I don't think you can. I don't think that's a knock on it. Because it is a horror movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyways, like I was saying, um, I like the I like the effects of the alligator. I mean, now we had that one like we talked about various very obvious like set to where none of the buildings looked real or anything like that. Um, but you know, who cares? The movie gives you what you, what you want when you watch a movie like this. It gives you a big alligator that looks intimidating. The the effects look good. You can you know you feel like you're actually watching something that could happen. Um, all the assholes die, so that's a plus. <laughs> Whether it's getting swallowed whole or getting crushed in their limo, um, you get your little romance subplot between Forrester and um. God, what was her name? Robin Riker or Madison and Marissa. Uh, you like even the mom, like the brief amount of time that she's on the screen. Like it's a good scene. Yeah. Like she has a, she has a character. Like she has, she has a presence. Yep. Like you say. Yeah. Yeah. So fun movie. Enjoyed it. Glad we watched it. So like I said, three stars. Yeah. Uh, and the more, you know, just you talking about it, like, when they needed to have the alligator be shown, it it wasn't a bad puppet. Mm-mm. You know, it was good. Yep. And thankfully, the movie was made in 1980 instead of 2003, because 2003, you get a crappy CG yeah. alligator. And I'm always a fan of practical effects. I know you, I know you are too. Like mm-hmm. anytime you can have practical, it just it adds something to it. Like, and computer generated graphics are at a place now where it some of it's just like really, really, really amazing. But it's still like practical effects. There's like a weight to them mm-hmm. that you can't get with CGI. So. What's I think our next one is what Josh Rogue? Yeah, it's either Rogue or Crawl. I guess it's it's your call on that. Um, you you picked Alligator and Crawl. Yeah. So I yeah and I, and, I, and I landed on Rogue, which I have seen. You haven't seen. Nope. Um. Again, I think for my money. You know, like we're going to alligator. This one will be a crocodile, and then we'll go back to alligator. But I think we've, I think this block of movies is 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 going to surprise us. I've seen Rogue, and it's uh, it's not bad. Yeah, and that's what you told me. So yeah, I think um, because I don't think I don't think we're going to have like a stinker in this group. No, I don't. I don't think so either. What What was mine? The hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> to where we 
it wasn't until like the we last movie totally where we actually, yeah. yeah, we got one finally to fit the description of what we were trying to find. Oh man, which was wait, we did Whiskey Mountain, um, Deliverance, and oh no, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the Wolf Australian Creek. movie Wolf Creek. Wolf yeah. Creek. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, that is it for alligator and we appreciate everybody listening uh we appreciate the people that viewed us on this twitch stream hopefully everything went okay and we're gonna try to do this again i'll get this posted to youtube also so we can um see how that works out for us but thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time ciao